This is the Jay Che Show, brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline, focus, confidence. KarateBeyond.com. Let's begin. All right. We're recording. Jay Che Show, episode 26 or 27. I don't know what the hell. I get, I get it wrong every time. I'm here with Mr. Evan Dell. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, I'm going to start by saying this right now. Um, you are the best barber that I've ever come across. Well, I appreciate that. I, uh, I, I, I'm not blowing smoke either. Nice, nice. Okay. You're, I, you're my the body best doesn't barber. fit smoke, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the best barber that I've ever come across. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, stylists out there, but straight up barber wise, but your stylist too. That's the thing is like is that you're 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 legitimately got crazy skills. Like I don't I don't think I've ever come in. I mean, and ever gone to you and not had a, a haircut where I say, "Damn, that's great." That's awesome, man. Yeah, I I try to treat everyone as if they're the only person on earth for that forty five minutes, uh-huh. and kind of comes from like a place just how I was raised. Like you give everybody respect. And part of that respect is giving them the best experience possible. Right. And then I've had the privilege to work with a lot of great artists, like hair, hairstylists, as like some as far away as like Ireland and London, and just picking up little pieces here and there, and like being able to apply it mm-hmm. and get excited to use it on people that you you see like in the rotation of your clients. Mm-hmm. And like I, I learned this new technique. Let me try it on you. It's going to really help your hair. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a very famous company called Menspire, and I really like their philosophy. It's kind of adapted it, and you don't. You don't just get somebody a haircut, you inspire a man to be more self-conscious and more kind of proud of himself mm-hmm. with that process. And that's kind of what I've just taken and run with. Right. Like I just, technique is awesome, but like helping people kind of connect with themselves and with you and making a friend out of it is what it's all about for me. Well, <clears throat> now, you know, the listeners are going <clears> to, <throat> uh, the few listeners that I have are going to listen to this show. They're going to be like, you got to. You got a who on? <laughs> you got you got you got your you, you guy that got, got uh, you guy you got a guy that cuts your hair on, on the show right now. Well, let's, so let's let's back it up. Okay, the importance of appearance. We we make judgments as humans. We make judgments. Let's 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 be real about it. Oh yeah, every day. Every day you make judgments, and the and it is what you see, not what you hear. But what you see is the first thing that creates a perception. Yeah, that's that was like the longest, the longest uh, version that was probably like in like the sixties and seventies when you went to apply for a job, they would just dismiss you like you you obviously aren't qualified, mm-hmm. and that it's kind of gone away a little bit. But now the first thing you do see is like the silhouette of a, a person's appearance. Yes, and they, I mean, people say they don't judge, but they judge. Mm-hmm. Like it happens to you. It happens to me every day. Like you'll hold mm-hmm. a door for somebody and they'll just be like you holding a door. Mm. What are you trying to try to get good karma or it's like, right? No, I'm just, it's who How I about am. Chivalry. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it's, courtesy. I agree yeah. with you. People judge every day. Yeah. And if, if you don't look the part, they will kind of outcast you. Right. And now, and I'm now when I, when I said that and, and, and no bullshit, you uh, are the best barber I've ever gone to and now all you know uh, friends of mine that, that have cut my hair in the past and they're gonna be like hey dude what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> what about me dick <laughs> you know <laughs> what about my skills i'm like look I, I you guys are great but um yeah you guys are great but you do something more i mean when we sit when we sit down and and you you, you start doing your work um I mean, I just tell automatically, man, you just have, you're like on a black belt level. <laughs> you're on a black belt level when it comes to technique, right? And now, now I'm, I'm ugly. Okay. I get it. But me you make too. me look, <laughs> you make me look better. Right. And, and, uh, recently, uh, when, when I came and got, got my haircut from you, I, I, I posted that video of you telling me how to style my hair. Now, since you did that, I have not styled <laughs> I have not styled my hair at all. Not in, not in. Not, I haven't even put any product in it or nothing. It's just I come out of the shower, uh, you know, dry off a little bit, and I'm I'm off off to work. But dude, that's fine. It, I yeah. mean, it's it's more so like, hey, like if you want to, cool. If not, I get it. You train like every day. Like like me, I train like twice a week, three times a week. 
we both do martial arts, so it's yeah. like doing your hair is kind of not like the number one importance. No, some days you're like, I'm gonna sweat this out anyways. Right. So I'll do I mean, it I, you know, I, like when, when you know, shower in the morning, whatever, and and I mean that that style is kind of gonna be gone because my, my I mean my my line of work. I mean, I have my classes in the evening, so you know, by the time people see me at night. My hair is just all over the place. It was doing whatever the hell it's going to do. And uh, yeah, but, especially um, in the summer, man, it's just hot. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've been wearing, I wore a hat for like two days straight. It's like, it's so hot and it rains every day. It's like, uh-huh. when it's going to be dry, that's when I'll, I'll do my right. hair. I'll, I'll spiff we'll, up, we'll warm up, I mean, I'll cool down a bit. Um, so, <clears throat> so every time we sit down and, and have a conversation, uh, yes, you know, of course, when you're cutting my hair, we talk about everything, uh, in, in particular, we talk a lot about martial arts. Yeah, it's we like talk a lot, a lot about, of fighting. Yeah, a lot of UFC, a lot of MMA, uh, some BJJ, uh, and some you know off the wall stuff as well. I mean, you train over at Fabio's. How long have you been there? Uh, I've been there for it'll be I think eight years oh, in wow. January. Did you start off as a white belt there? Started off as a white belt. Uh, I had done Muay Thai before. Um, not like at a score or anything. I actually would train with a couple guys from Tampa Muay Thai mm. and I would hold pads and just get the living shit kicked out of me. Yeah. Like just leg kicks. I was just the dummy who wanted to learn. And, uh, my, my buddy, Pat, uh, Hamilton, who's, uh, he's a Pan Am fighter. He, he travels all over the United States and competes, um, really good brown belt. He, uh, he saw me get into a really bad fight. Guy jumped me. I, I hit the guy so hard. I sobered him up and the guy jumped me again. Mm. I ended up finishing him on the ground, and then that's when Pat was like, "You need to come try jujitsu class because you you're gonna end up killing somebody if you right. keep getting into these fights." Like, yeah, yeah you, I get it's you didn't start it, but mm-hmm. finishing it's just as bad when you can finish it way less violent. Yeah, and I took my first class. I want to say three months later when I got back from a tour uh, with a band, and um, I loved it. Like, I immediately was like, "I don't need the whole week to decide. Like, I want to go and sign up right now." Mm-hmm. And I've had my membership at that jiu-jitsu school ever since and it's yeah. been about eight years in january awesome awesome um so you did so you got in a street fight yeah you hurt the guy to the point where uh he you was said you sobered him up but he then, was, so then he came back he was a guy who was known for jumping people in town uh he would just he was racist slurs and stuff like i had had runners in the past and um, I had known he had hit women because uh, oh, yeah one of my friends had had to tune him up one time outside of a bar because of it um and uh, hopefully since then the guy's turned his life around. Obviously, mm-hmm. like everyone has a chance to do that. But at that time, that night, he was super on something, drugs or whatever. And we kicked him out of the party. He got a little violent. And I was like, hey, man, I'm just going to call the cops and get you get you out of here, get you the help you need. And he just ran at me like a Spartan. I just head, I head kicked him and <laughs> lifted him off the ground. He said, oh, shit. And he ran away and we chased him up a tree. And then chase uh, them up a tree. Yeah, like because we were trying to just subdue him, so we get the cops to just like take him in for the night, let him sleep it off. What is he, Black Panther? Going up the trees, <laughs> dude. I've never seen a critter crawl like combi critter crawl that high, man. Uh, and then he came back, and I guess while he he was running away from us, we went back inside, told Brady, you know, party's over. And that guy decided to go to a quinceanera across the street mm. with a lot of like cholo, you know, like gangbanger guys like that were at our party and we were having a great time with them well we go outside and the streets full of these guys and they're ready to just kill this guy oh man like there's like 20 of them like this your boy it's like no it's not our boy he's saying racist stuff and i'm like man i don't i I, we just were trying to get this guy out of here and uh he tried to sucker punch me again i got him in the tie clinch threw a couple knees got him in a single collar on the ground and started throwing elbows and i got pulled off and he was out Mm. and then after that i had to actually protect that guy because the rest of those guys wanted a piece of them from the other party. Oh, my God. So I'm pulling those guys off, and I'm just like... He sounds like he needs some help, some he, psych- psychological I've, counseling. I have friends that work with him now in another another state, and he uh, he's changed his life around, and you know, he's had a kid. He's, he's a good guy now. But at the time, like, that lifestyle, you know, it was drugs and alcohol and going hard and right. no consequences. Being young and dumb. Yeah, being yeah. young and dumb. And, like, yeah. he learned from it. Like, I didn't hold it against him. Like, been jumped before, and... You just got to handle your business. and You're not a small guy. No. <laughs> See, that, that, it baffles me that big guys get jumped. I don't get, I don't get it because I'm small. It's that alcoholic courage, man. It'll make you climb mountains. and. I mean, how, how tall are you? I want to say I'm 6'2". 6'2", okay. All right. And, and you're not skinny. 
You're a big fella. No, I'm a thick boy. I'm fluffy. <laughs> I'm fluffy. <laughs> no, but but and, and and so you do Muay Thai and you have BJJ and you know looking at you, you uh, of course tattoos aside, beard aside, you have the frame, you know, of a strong individual, right? So to think that anybody would want to. I mean, like, you know, if you look at me on the street and I mean, uh, you know, not knowing what I do aside or not, I mean, I don't, I'm not big. I'm yeah. not tall. I completely unassuming. I mean, I, I could be, you know, working in IT at a, at an off, a corporate, corporate office. I, I don't know. So, yeah. yeah and I look like I make vegan bicycles. <laughs> like vegan I, bicycle. I look like I make them out of hemp or something. You know, I always get called a hipster and then new guys come to the school and grapple me. I'm like, oh, you're not hipster at all. Okay. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, no, but like that, that fight just kind of changed my whole life. Cause like, I didn't want to hurt anybody that bad ever again. And mm-hmm. my, my buddy Pat was just brought me in and like the team was so welcoming. And now it's like my other family. Right. So that's like, I'm sure you get that with martial, your martial arts school is you help people in need. Yeah. And then that transfers over to your everyday life. Like sure. you start being more confident to help other people. That's and, right. That's that's kind of like what it is being about is like building that community. It's a dichotomy. Yeah. Martial arts is a dichotomy because, and I don't know if the dichotomy is the correct word, but you are learning a level of violence so that you appreciate it so much that you won't use it or you will abstain from using it. Exactly. Yeah. And if you have to use it, you're you're already used like iron sharpens iron. You're already there. Right. Your mind can already go like it clicks and goes, mm-hmm. oh cool, I need to do this to this guy. I need to break this guy's arm. I need to choke him out. Like and it's it's not like you're it's you're not trigger shy. Mm-hmm. You just kinda already know, like especially with jujitsu, it's hundred percent all the time. So if a guy wants to come in and set the pace of a role and when I say a role, if you listen to this and you don't train, a role means a sparring session where you go hundred percent you know, we're, we're, we're on the ground, we're doing takedowns, or you start uh, on your knees and you kind of go from there and you roll from the guard or from the top position. Um, but when you start a roll and, like, someone comes in and they're new and they want to set a pace that's really aggressive and they're, may, they're maybe trying to throw elbows on you or something the first time they're, they're grappling you, yeah. you kind of have to match that, earn that mutual respect, and then eventually, as you progress in your martial arts and stuff you you start to just like oh this is this is just another guy i gotta do this and that like and it becomes kind of like a second nature like all right this is how i have to handle this situation yeah and it's like a mental chess match like uh i this is a true story i had to kick a guy out of chilies i had to literally bounce a guy out of chilies like three or four months ago what he <laughs> my mic was at chilies swear to god i got i uh i was working in tampa at the time i got off work uh, it was a Friday night. I'd skip training to take the wife out, you know, take her to Chili's. Because <laughs> it's only that's open that late at like 10 o'clock at night. And this guy had drank two pitchers by himself. He was at a table, like 10 people, his family. There's young children. Out of nowhere, he stands up. He smashes these two glass pitchers down, throws them, ends up cutting a little kid at the table next to him. Oh, my God. And then flips, like tries to flip the table and then... Um, the, the guy at the head of Chili's, uh, like the, the uh, takes manager. your, yeah, the manager was yeah. like, Hey man, you gotta go. And they get him to start leaving. And then he just turns around and just drops the guy who takes your name at the front. Oh, and no. then I see it all go down. I'm like, I told my wife, like, Hey, I gave my phone, like, Hey, just hold this. I'll be right back. And like on my way to go bounce this guy out, I see my friend who is on a date with a new girl. He's recently single. And I, I stop and Hey man, I'm going to take care of this very quick. And I like shake his hand. I just go and I just like kick this dude in front, like front, kick him in the face Get him in a, get, I get him in a rear naked. They pull me off of him when I had the rear naked because no one thought to just take this big 300-pound guy down and just, like, he, he's drunk, he's, he's wobbly, mm-hmm. and he's just beating up on these two um, two people at the front in their uniforms, and he's dropped one, and the guy's kid is the bus boy. He's getting thrown around. Oh, my God. There's a manager who's bigger than me who's trying to get him out, and I'm just like, just let me choke this guy out. Yeah. And luckily, I get to the point where I kicked him hard enough in the face to where he w- didn't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. And this guy was so drunk... I swear to God, the sheriff's office shows up. They couldn't believe it either. He gets in his car, puts it in reverse, and drives all the way almost to Kath- like almost to Kathleen Road in reverse. They pulled him over. Well, like he, he was that drunk. Which just, Chili's was this? This is the one off uh, Harden Boulevard. He went all the way to Kathleen from Harden? They pulled him over like almost to Kathleen. In reverse. In reverse, yeah. Oh, Paul County. Sorry, sorry. He got almost to, uh, that's not Kathleen. What road is that? He got almost Jenkins? Ariana. Ariana. Okay. He was all the way all right. down there, and they pulled him over. Like, what Still, are you, though. What are you doing? He's just like, I got, I got beat up. And they were like, someone says you, you attack some kids at Chili's, and like, 
luckily I get out there and one of the sheriff's officers trains with Fabio's yeah. and he was like, you're good to go, man. Like it's self-defense. Like the manager mm-hmm. says you helped him out. Right. And, um, I was expecting like some free molten lava cake or something, but you know, <laughs> it was still like, it was hilarious. Like it just, it, it wasn't even like a thought like this dude's bigger than me. Right. He's going to kill me or he could have a gun. Like I was just like, Oh, these people are getting just, just fucked up. I got to help them. You know what? I mean, it, I weigh, 170 pounds, maybe. But you've kicked me in the face. I probably wouldn't like it too much. <laughs> yeah, I probably would be like, I don't know. And, and the thought of me kicking someone that's double my size in the face, and, and I don't know, man. I just, oof, 300 pounds is a lot. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a lot of guys like um, stop like domestic disputes from our school, like and like dudes beating up girls at bars, and like they just choke the dude out unconscious. And, yeah. We had one of our, uh, he's a brown ball now, he's a really good friend of mine. We call him Delilah because he's so docile Delilah. when he trains, but he he's known for, he's been on Bay News 9 for choking out a carjacker in the Southgate <laughs> Plaza. He just hopped on that dude's back, choked him out, the guy fell on his face and shattered his face. Oh, yeah. We call him Delilah because when he rolls, you think you have something, and then the next minute he's ripping your arm off. Wow. And he's just really good. Like I, He's He's one of the best grapplers I've rolled with. Yeah. But it's a, we have a lot of stories like that. Like people always try. Right. There's always those loud guys who are tough guys. Sure. And then you have to humble them. That's part of martial arts too, is understanding mm-hmm. your ego is only as, as good as it is when it's shattered. I mean, those people rarely step foot in a dojo. Yeah. Rarely. So, I, so rare. When they do, they don't come back. They, no. they, a lot of them don't make it through. Like we normally do seven minute rolls, mm. seven minutes. And then, um, the way we do it is the old Brazilian way. Higher belts don't leave the mat. Right. You, they stay on the mat, and they, they you you kind of uh, they go. It's almost like a, they're they're taking turns. Yeah, and if and you need stay to, on the mat, if you have yeah. to take a water break or something, if you're a higher belt, meaning your blue belt, purple belt, higher, mm. up to black belt. Um, if you have to get off and get like a water break or something, like you obviously aren't ready for the next roll because you probably need a little break. Mm-hmm. So we we'll go ahead and we'll match up like a white belt and a blue belt there, right. um, something like that. But. Normally, like our training is pretty tough. A lot of people can't handle it when they first come in because they're like, Man. "It's it's so cardio intensive." Yeah, it, like, it, you gotta pace yourself. Yeah, I would. Yeah, just, I mean, because I, mean, I, I when I trained over yeah, with you trained with uh, John Jacques, right? No, Hegan. Hegan Machado. Hegan Machado. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I remember. Yeah. The first month, I just gas out. I couldn't oh, yeah. make it through the entire class. You I watch the like, guy. Don't... You watch him grapple, and you're like, "What is?" It's him and Jean Jacques both are like effortless. Yeah, and they don't look like the most ripped guys. They look well, like Hagen dads. is not. No. Hagen right now. He's, he's he's got that Henzo body, you know, like the party no, body. He's, he's he's got it's bigger than that. I mean, Hagen's uh, giant. I mean, his I mean, he's you know he enjoys his life. Yeah, I mean they, <laughs> they make good money. Life. Yeah. Well, he's um, doing a lot of the um, choreography for fight movies now. Oh, I mean the all the Machado brothers. Yeah, the John Wick, the, the John Wick, Wick movies. They did yeah, all three yeah, yeah. of those, and then they. But did it's funny though. It's like I don't I don't know. Because you have Hegan, Jean-Jacques, you have uh, Carlos, is it? Um, I think the four of the brothers, I saw them on a shoot where they're kind of just standing standing over Keanu while he's doing his thing. I don't know if they're, it's more like a photo op, kind of, right? They kind of have like just one or two guys. I feel like it's their black belts probably show up. Yeah, yeah, they're not, you know, sitting there with, Keanu every single but the way it's portrayed in that movie I know a lot of our guys watched it and I know I watched it and I was impressed yeah there's a lot of chokes in that movie where you're like oh yeah that's actually how you do that like where there's mm-hmm. one where the girl who's trying to kill him in the first movie in, inside the hotel like she's like breaking rules she's trying to kill another assassin oh right yeah yeah, yeah. in the I forget what they call it is it the parliament house or whatever it's like the the, the hotel with the gold coins yeah and she puts her lapel, which is the bottom corner of your jacket. Mm-hmm. She's on his back and she puts it in her mouth. And then she reaches around and pulls it around his throat for what we would call oh, a bow nice. and arrow choke. And that's a real way guys do that in tournaments and yeah. fights. Uh, it's because you can't see them hold her lapel. You think you're safe. And all of a sudden they pull the lapel around your neck and they cinch it up like a, like a uh, Columbia necktie. Mm-hmm. You go out quick. Um, stuff like that or the way he was doing like flying triangles it was like very well done like to, they to see have it done that way like uh, there, there's a, an entire uh, stunt group that's called uh, 88 or uh, 87 action design or 8711 action design it's like there's just a bunch of killers essentially they're all in one spot they do all, I mean, like whether it's the John Wick movies or you, you name they, what, whatever they, movie. Did they, they do, do um, the Ip Man movies too? I don't know if they did the Ip Man movies. I, I think, maybe I it was. I, wanna, I don't want to say they did. 
I want to say they helped out on like there's a movie where he plays a, a dirty cop, like an undercover cop. Uh, Donnie Yen does. I think mm. he went to L.A. to like, right? And yeah, I mean, yeah, no, but, sure. but there's like you know like high level Taekwondo guys that are yeah. in there. They have gymnasts too, like just straight like, gymnasts. Yeah, gymnasts that, that are in there. Capwater people, BJJ guys. I mean, you name it. Judo guys, they're in there and and and. Um, they're mixing it up uh, and just doing all this fantastic choreography for these action films. It the last John Wick movie, it was awesome. Yes, but it was like towards the end it was like okay, this, you guys have I can't just see gone any more completely ape shit. This movie should have ended like thirty minutes ago, and yet you guys are still going. It was a little much for me. I still loved it. I mean, I, I think it's great. It's just it's just overkill at that point. It's, and they're coming out with a fourth one. I'm okay with it. <laughs> While we're at it, let's just reboot like speed with him in it and everything yes. else. But it's yeah. like uh, there was a movie I think it's called Hard Point with Don, with uh, Donnie Yen and a couple other guys from like Thailand. I think uh, I, I think I remember it's the guy uh, from Ong Bak to uh, yeah, Tony Jaws yeah, in it. I believe yeah. he plays one of the villains, and they have like a f- I want to say a twenty five minute fight scene. That's oh my god! Hey, they're going through roofs. They're going flying triangles. They're going for judo throws. They're countering. And it's just like, they've destroyed this entire compound. Like, right. how do you... Well, and, and to think... <laughs> and, and I mean, th- this is where you com- cast uh, realism aside. 25-minute fights. <laughs> yeah, you'd be dead. You'd be like, you know what? Just go in and kill me. <laughs> 25 minutes. You can't be... St- you won't even stand after 15 minutes, you know? The amount of respect you'd have to have after that. Be like, you know what? Let's just be friends. Grab I mean, beer. in the UFC, you get breaks. <laughs> yeah, like... You know. Five-minute rounds, you get a little break. Yeah, time yeah. out, time out, time out. I need yeah. a beer. I need to I need I mean, a Just relax for a second. Let's go a little... You know, yeah. lower the heart rate. My mouthpiece bit. fell out. I gotta go. <laughs> like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, tell me how you got into... Uh, doing your profession right now to doing hair oh yeah. man so that's an interesting story i started as a my first career was i was a band photographer which means i would take photos for bands live and i would do their magazine like group shots okay so like the first band i think i ever shot was like i think switchfoot strawberry festival i was eating i was up i was like backstage with my stepdad hanging out and then all of a sudden john foreman just saw i had a camera and i was like hey you want to take old pictures mm. and that's kind of like the first person i photographed was oh, switchfoot that's taking it back a little very bit. Yeah. yeah and they were huge they were like headlining like arenas and stuff they were like doing a lot which one what was their what was their hit single that uh, was out for did, a bit it was on uh, walk remember. to remember i remember that like that cheesy love movie with mandy moore mm. it was a dare you to move and they had like yes was, that's the one yeah, yeah dare you to huge. move right yeah yeah and it was uh, like the alt rock ballad. Oh yeah, yeah and they were like yeah. Christian, so it was like the every, oh, really? the every Christian that. band like heavily. Yeah. Um but I remember I met him and he was super cool and then like he was like, well, come back after the show, you can take some group shots of all of us. And I did that and they used that and that was like my first publication. And then after that I shot like every band that came through Florida, like uh, mostly metal, like hardcore bands mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then I started getting like full page spreads and like two page spreads. And so I, I did all that and I eventually was like, I want to start shooting models and stuff and weddings and uh, weddings were kind of on like the back burner for a while because they weren't really big yet. Like the industry wasn't really as developed as it is now mm. to be able to make money. And so I was like, I want to be able to do all the hair for like my modeling shoots for like the guys, the girls, stuff like that and all the agencies and make double the money. And, uh, so I went to hair school and I was like, I want to be like a hotshot, like covered in tattooed hairstylist for like all the girls and stuff. I want to go to a big city. And then I, I fell in love with barbering and like the, the culture of it was so cool. Hmm. Just like a man's man's job. No one's yeah. ever going to replace you. And uh, I, I started like leaning more towards barbering and I kept leaning towards it, leaning towards it. And eventually like I got kind of decent at it. And then and now I'm like, I would say I'm much better at it and much more versed in like technique and stuff like that. But the hardest part about that industry is when you go to hair school, they don't really teach you what you need to know to become an artist. They teach you what you need to know to pass a test. And then in order to find the information you need to become a good artist, to be able to be able to charge a lot of money or charge enough money to sustain yourself, is you have to go to these like really expensive classes. And mm-hmm. then you have to, or get endorsed by like a really good company that's going to fly you to work with these other artists. Because there's info now that they didn't have when I was in hair school. Now you can go on YouTube and learn how to do a haircut in 10 minutes. Right. Will you do it as good as the personal video? 100% not. Mm. but you can at least see their technique and see what they're doing and the tools they're using. You can get the info that we couldn't get like eight years ago when I was in hair school. So I started doing men's hair and I just, I couldn't stop doing it. All I wanted to do is cut hair Mm -hmm. and style it and take pictures of it. 
And so that's what kind of got me on that path. And uh, I still shoot bands, and I, now I'm a full-time wedding photographer on the weekends with my wife. We run a company called RNC and Arrow. Um, so I kind of took everything I was doing and just like, elevated it. Mm. And just I, I got better at like you just layered. Yeah, just layered and layered yeah. and layered. And then I, I I have my little like pockets of like creativity. So if one thing gets a little bit too stressful, obviously I keep doing it. But then I'll, I go to this other pocket and I can de-stress with the other artwork. Right. And the jujitsu is in that too because because sure. I would like to That's say artistry. Yeah. yeah. So and it, it, all those things kind of carry over into each other because it's all like service industry and dealing with people. And it's pretty cool. Like you learn how to treat people and how to kind of create a common ground through everything. Mm-hmm. So if it's like barbering, like, well, what do you like to do? Like, how's the family take any trips lately? You know, seen that yeah. movie, like you can kind of talk and it almost feels like you get your news from people. Yeah. How it used to be back in the old days, like up like New York where like barbering kind of started in the U S like that's how they do that. Like it was just a networking system of like you support them they support you. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with photography, like you can support other businesses and people and their career paths and their lifestyles. And then jujitsu, the same thing. It's like, yeah. Oh, I can help you with this move. And then I can build you up, yeah. you know, as a person like, Hey, you're doing great. You know, like, so you kind of take all these routes of positivity and one gets kind of negative and you can switch to another one mm-hmm. and kind of like, you kind of make your own heaven, your own hell. Yeah. That's my philosophy is when you, when you're in a life where you are your own boss, you can either choose to be happy or you can choose to be negative. Absolutely. And you can choose how to get out of, and it's a of muscle things. that, that, that can be developed. That, that could be strengthened happiness. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a guy that's he's, I can't remember. He's like a angel investor, Naval, I can't, I can't remember his last name. anyway, but he was, he was talking about how, uh, happiness can be a choice, um, and that it needs to be exercised. Right. Um, it's very true. Cause if you, well, all you do well, is negative you know, things, like, you know, you know uh, chemistry in your, your brain aside for some people that, you know, that, that are struggling, um, because of uh, medically, um, yeah. with uh, being unhappy, of course. Uh, but, but for the rest of us, it's, it's something that it's, it can be a choice, I think. Yeah. yeah. Some, some people just being, cause like when you do hair, you're basically a therapist too. People will tell you stuff that they would never tell their mom or dad or even their therapist. I've had guys sit in my chair and go, Hey man, I'm going to divorce my wife. And I'm like, well, why are you telling me this? <laughs> I'm not qualified to handle that bombshell. <laughs> like I was in Tampa and this guy's like, yeah, I think I'm going to divorce my wife on this trip to Ibiza. And I was like, don't take her to Ibiza. You're going to Ibiza. Go single then. Like just do yeah. it beforehand. Like don't break the girl's heart on a, like a vacation. Like you're so, going all the way to Ibiza to break up with your wife. Oh what the hell. Yeah. Did he, do, <laughs> did he do it? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have him as a client that long. I couldn't handle it. I was like, that's a little, like I can be, if you tell me your dog died, I can like help you or like your right. dog's sick. I can, I can help you with that. But like, it's yep. like, you tell me you're going to like end a relationship that's like 15 years long right. because you're just bored. It's like, I, I don't know how to help oh, you. Jesus. <laughs> you're right in many ways. I mean, you know, I'm coming from a person that doesn't cut hair that goes and gets their haircut. I mean, you're in a very vulnerable position. You can't move. You're seated. You've got the covering so that your hair doesn't fall into your lap. And you're looking straight ahead. Yeah, and you're the only at- person that you're that, that that's that's your the outside of your shell right now is the guy that's cutting your hair. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah, it's it is almost like therapy. It's almost kind of like a float tank. It? It's like or a float, float tank. No, a, uh, Catholicism with the confession. Booths. Oh, oh yeah, it definitely right? is. Right? Yeah, and it's like where you don't have to say any Hail Marys and you get like get hair product afterwards. So it's a win-win. <laughs> It's like, you know, I need more pomade. And yeah. also I totally did this bad thing. It's like, I'm not going to judge you. Just it'd yeah. be $35. Have a good right. day. You, got, you must have the best stories. I mean, what was the one that you told me uh, when I was in there uh, last week? You said, uh, yeah, you know, sitting here uh, about the guy that was uh, talking shit about a, a lightning player. Oh, God, this story's great. Um, so for the listeners out there, I last season, the lightning had like one of the they tied the best. Uh, franchise record for most wins and I landed a deal at my old shop to be able to cut them at the stadium with some of my awesome friends over there um if you're in Tampa I got really good friends named Gage Black Matthew Harlan Henderson and then uh Josh Judy um we all recorded in the lightning that whole season um they're great guys by the way like lightning players are super chill sweetest guys ever meet 
and they're really intelligent, but they're all kind of nerdy in a good way. Hmm. Like if you met them at a bar and you wanted to talk about like Letterkenny or Family Guy or like South Park, they're game. Like they're hmm. just, they don't want to be famous. Right. They just want to play hockey and have fun. They're just hmm. really cool dudes. Well, I was cutting up Nikita Kucherov's hair, um, one of the best players in the league. And it was for a Russian Adidas commercial, I later found out. And they had just lost the first game of the playoffs. And he was about to... About to cut a, <laughs> he was about to cut his playoff beard, and I was hesitant to do so. And he said, "If I'm not worried about it, you shouldn't be worried about it." And I was like, "Cool, got it. Like that's a cool response. It's just a beard." And as I'm cutting him up, there's a guest and our my former owner of the shop I was at's chair, and he is just talking so much shit about Kucherov and the Lightning, and he's a season ticket holder, and he's normally a very nice guy, but he's very passionate. And he's saying if he saw Kucherov, he'd just kick his ass into gear so they would win this playoff. And, and I go, well, you, you can say that. He's right here in this chair. And he was just like, ha-ha, you're funny. You got jokes. And I was like, no, this is Nikita Kucherov. And he was like, still like hard-assing it, trying to be a tough guy. So I just turned the chair around and go, you can say it to his face. And the guy's jaw drops. And his only reaction, he goes, uh, uh, and he stuck his fist out for like a fist bump and Kucherov gets out of the chair, stands up. I'm scared this guy is going to shit his pants because <laughs> Kucherov doesn't talk. He, he, you know, he's, he's very quiet. He likes his video games and he likes his Mercedes and he's just very quiet. He doesn't right. have to talk. He has a presence. Well, he's Russian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he just sticks his hand out for the fist bump and goes, yes, I'm Nikita Kucherov. Turns around, sits back down, turns the chair around. And the guy just sat there in silence for the next hour. This didn't like like Cooch kept talking to me and the guy was just terrified to open his mouth, and it's probably one of the like it's a crazy story because that could have gone way worse. Like it, it could have gone south because he got ejected from that game, game one, and he was not in a good mood. Mm. And I was already like kind of scared doing his hair because he wasn't like a regular of mine. Um, with the Lightning players, we basically were kind of on call. Like they would show up. It didn't matter if you're in the lunch break or not. For the place I was working at, we'd put them on your book and we'd make the best of it and get as many of them as we could in because their schedules were so hectic. Like mm. if their coach is a, their coach is a hard ass, man. He, um, we came to the practice facility in Brandon one time and I think we were there for like four or five hours, like waiting to cut their hair because he made them do, he didn't, they didn't practice as good as like he wanted them or didn't play as good as they wanted to. I think the game before. So he had them do like a two a day, he did like a four hour practice when it was like an hour long practice. Right. And it was like, those guys put in a lot of work. Like when you watch them work out, it's crazy. Like they'll just go till they vomit. Yeah. Like they're, and it's like when they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars and they're still putting in that amount of work, it's, it's crazy to see. Yeah, I have a deep appreciation, or uh, I, I can't say deep. I, I say I have a a great appreciation for um, for hockey. I it's just a, such a demanding sport. They play with like broken ankle. Like one of the guys, uh, Andrej Palat. Um, I think he is from. Oh man, he's gonna be pissed if I get this wrong. <laughs> I think he's from. Uh, oh man, Cro- I think he's from Croatia. Okay. Um, or the Ukraine, one of the two. Super nice guy. He fractured his ankle and they were like, oh, you're going to sit out like six weeks. And he sat out like a week and he was just like, fuck it. I'm going to go back and mm. I'm going to, I'm just going to play with a broken ankle. Who cares? Oh my God. And then Vasilevsky broke his foot and he just kept playing. Didn't tell anybody. And then they were like, you need to take a couple of days off. And he, he came back, I think three weeks ahead of schedule. Mm. Like they just don't, they, they want to be there. And normally in a lot of pro sports, what happens is, oh man, my, like you'll see like in basketball, Dwayne Wade will like sprain a finger. And he's like, oh man, I'm out for five games. And it's like, oh, man, or like like when I played baseball, you get hit by a pitch and you take your base. But nowadays in the pros, you get hit by a pitch, like, oh, yeah, he's out for three games until the DL. Is, is that really? Yeah, like some yeah. guys will get hit in the, like, the thigh meat with a, like a 92-mile-per-hour fastball, and they're just like, oh, i got to sit out, man, I'm really hurt. And it's like, hmm. suck it up, man. You're getting paid $100 million for 10 years. Like, go to first base, and like, they'll give you a pinch runner. It'll be fine. Hmm. But when it comes to hockey, this guy's like, oh, I broke my nose last night, and I broke my nose again tonight because I just keep resetting it. That's and so hardcore. Half those yeah. guys don't have uh, Braden Coburn. Uh, he's got, a, he's missing like eight teeth in this top oh, row. Geez. He's kind of like an enforcer. And uh, he's a very, he's like probably six, seven. He's huge. Mm. On skates, he's like almost seven feet. So, so you, you, you cut these guys here. Well, you were, you were in Tampa for a bit. I was disappointed. I was actually kind of sad. A lot of people were disappointed. I was, you left. You're like, yeah, hey, um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be cutting hair in Tampa now. So I was like, I was like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was <laughs> kind of forced to leave like a little bit sooner than expected, but 
it worked out. Like my form, uh, whenever you're a barber, you move shops a lot. It just happens. Right now, I'm at a really awesome shop. I'm my own boss. So it, yeah, you're uh, taking a. You guys are at Reborn. Yeah, um, Re- Reborn Hair Lab now. It's uh, in downtown Lakeland, off Kentucky, uh, right in the heart of all the bars and stuff. So it's pretty cool. So you guys share the space with Fifth and Hall. Yes. So you guys are cool. So there's Fifth. There's Fifth and Hall right there on Kentucky. You're you have to go through Fifth and Hall to get to the back where yeah. Reborn is. It's kind of like a speakeasy shop to where like. In the know, you go, you know where to go. After your first yeah. time, you kind of know, and it, it makes you feel really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's like the white subway tile. We have the classic old like '60s, '70s it's chairs. Cool vibe. Yeah. 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 Um, we're working on like a 1920s chair now in the back. Like it's real cast iron and mm-hmm. real bronze. I'm um, just waiting on get some custom pieces to kind of fix that together. Some some hipster yeah. shit right there. Super man. hipster, but it's gonna be dope. <laughs> whenever J- whenever uh, Jason, the owner, gets it fixed up, it's gonna look really cool in the shop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a big, like old, the building, I think it's from like 1920 or something like that. Yeah. Like it's old exposed brick. It's right. a really cool spot. Um, it's like a minute from my house. So like, I, I can't mean, complain. you know, like the, getting to the whole like hipster thing is like you, your, even your photography is, it's so niche. Uh, if, if any, tell people where you can, they can see your, your, your uh, work. So you can see my work at, uh, it's ardency and arrowco.com and ardency. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Ardency just means love and extreme pa- extreme passion for something. And then it air. is the moodiest wedding photos I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. We get that a lot. Like, it's so moody. Yeah, and people love it because it's, it's very distinct. Yeah. I mean, like I, I look at the photos, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's Ardency era. That's yeah, it. yeah. It's it. We I was infatuated when I started doing like couples photography with like the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. as most hipsters are obsessed with Seattle and California. Um, but the colors they got up there, you couldn't really get in Florida because of how oh, the lighting's just different. They have like this soft patch of clouds above the entire state mm. that keeps everything pretty moody and pretty dark a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and even when the sun's out, it's like soft. It's like a natural softbox over the whole city. I mean, you're, 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 I mean, when you, when you think wedding photos, right, you think, you know, just to the nth degree Photoshop perfection oh yeah right and i, and I look at the, uh, I mean, super well, bright super commercial looking yeah like boring kind of, real, i mean yeah boring it, yeah they, they boring. look they look generic it's like this yeah. generic feel across the land and then you have yours and it's not like that at all it's so distinct it's so moody it's almost like um the the impression that i i get is like a very somber uh it's like warm it's very warm. Yeah, it's like a warm, like timeless. It looks vintage. Almost. Yes, like it's patinaed. Well, a bit on the vintage side, but there's a there's a there's a feeling. It's not sad. That's not or melancholy. Yeah, there's a bit of melancholy that I that I get from the the photographs, where it's like it's so distinct. I mean, like you, you look at the the, the photos, and you're like, man, that's 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 a hell of a wedding photo. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, but yeah. me and my wife work super hard on it, and we've worked for years to get like the tones how we want, and mm-hmm. I think. Like getting because I've been so so many careers we talked about, but getting into the wedding stuff was I was shooting bands and I was touring and stuff and all that's normally band photography and like the the sect of that I was in is dark like very mm-hmm. dark and contrasty and desaturated lots of and it kind of yeah it kind of yeah. carried over and because it's very dynamic because um, that's what sets you apart from other bands is how dynamic your photos are the textures in it how to bring out those textures and so. Bride started seeing my live photos and go, man, you can really shoot people in motion. We want these for our dancing. They would book me just for dancing photos. Hmm. Like, they're like, we'll pay you X amount of dollars for eight hours, but we're really kind of stoked for the the dancing photos, like the light streaks and the cool motion. I was like, yeah, okay. And then I kind of built off of that. And it was weird. They just yeah. booked off of one part of the day. So, so you, you got your, your, your hair thing going, you got the photography thing going life's kind of taken you to different directions. Yeah. I kind of I mean, just said, I said, kind of just said, screw it. And like, uh, not screw it's a mile away of putting, it. I said, fuck it. And I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to go just trust, uh, like that the world's got a plan for me to kind of survive. Well, and you're, provide. Young, you're a young man. Yeah. I'm not I 30. Mean, and, I'm not even 30 you, yet. You're, I mean, you're, you're in your twenties. Uh, you, you and your wife, you know, you guys don't have kids yet. You guys yeah. got dogs. You got dogs. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the, scary. The world's bringing, your oyster. I yeah. mean, and you could do, you know, once kids enter the equation, that's, 
Yeah. Yeah. Takes to a different. And if the world isn't how you kind of feel comfortable in it, it feels weird bringing a new life into that. Yeah. And our and kind of our opinion. So we're waiting till we feel a bit more comfortable with like leadership of our country and like other things. Um, not really into politics too much in that regard, but like it, I don't. Know, there's a lot of scary stuff with immigration yeah. going on. Like so, it's just kind of like I want things to calm that, down. Does that us. does that does that does that uh, get into your mind? Um. Yeah. Like I. I mean, does that do you obsess over it? I don't obsess over it, but I feel like every day I look on, like, I hate looking on Facebook unless I try to stay on social media for business and just, like, let my family know I'm alive. Mm. Um, but when I see, like, the stuff with kids getting ready for their family, like, my heart gets broken. Mm. And I, I, I have a deep passion for people to be happy and to, to be not suffering. I, I guess mm. I have a lot of compassion. Mm. And um, same for animals. Like when I see people of like abused animals, I'm like, man, I'd love to find the person who did that and just rip them limb from limb. Mm. But you know, you'll never get that chance. You'll never. You can obviously right. stop right. or speak up. It's a major reaction. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's an emotional uh, reaction. You feel yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you feel it in your ribs. Like, oh man, that's that's hard to right. to stomach. And uh, there's a, a lot more of that nowadays because I feel like as a society, people have stopped caring about anything that doesn't affect them. Well, I mean, you're you're in a position where you're taking your passions. And, and letting them run free, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're letting them run free. You're not, you're, you didn't say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go back to school. Uh, I'm going to get a degree and, uh, I'm going to get this corporate job and I'm going to replace I'm going to, I'm going to work a nine to five. Yeah. I'm going to get a nice, uh, health insurance package. And, uh, my wife and I are going to start having kids and, and, yeah. uh, and and do that whole thing. Do our 401k. You're, you're not you're you're not doing that at all. No, I, I wouldn't say it's reckless what we're doing. No, it's not reckless. No, no, no I, I'm not, I, I didn't I didn't say that. No, no, no. no. but I think it definitely it's uh it's the lifestyle that I was, that we were meant to leave because to lead. Excuse me. Um, because like I like having tattoos. I like wearing the stuff I wear and like the style I have. And I, I feel like in a suit nine to five, like I'd be miserable anyways. Most like most people are miserable. I've done that. I know you have, and it's. I mean, it feels when we're free doing martial arts, though, right? It's, oh, it's so much more. You're building up like the youth to have confidence, and right. you. I mean, them well, everybody, not not only the youth, but I mean, oh yeah, yeah, teens, yeah. adults, and like every everybody just it. Like yesterday, it was. I mean, I think I posted on Facebook. I was like, today's today was just absolutely electric. Yeah, it was just it was a it was a it was a rock concert from beginning to end, it, and. It felt great. Everybody was, everybody was energized. That's you know? awesome. That's go that's, home. That's and all you just, can ask for too. You know, and and sleep well. Sleep well at night, knowing yeah. you did a good thing, right? And then it's not the nine to five. Like, uh, you work when you want to work. You know, it's atypical hours. It's working on weekends and it's doing creative stuff and your soul satisfied. Yeah, and if you don't feel it that day. Say that you just wake up and be, I'm not feeling, I'm feeling creative. You can go out in the world. You're not stuck in a cubicle right. to kind of just like be in like a, what do you call it? Like a, like a reflection pond of just like nothingness is kind of mm-hmm. what I think of as a cubicle, almost like a float tank, but mm-hmm. in a very bad way. I need to get into a float tank. I haven't I'm done it yet. dying to try it. I need an extra large one. Um, <laughs> Mike, Kim, let's get a float tank over at CrossFit. <laughs> let's do it. Um, and uh, I may do that in Colorado, and they got edibles there. So I may just like, I may go on an <laughs> experience. Go on deep end. Yeah, oh just we'll find me wandering on the mountains with like a twenty foot long beard. A couple of years later, um, <laughs> we'll find you on a milk carton. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Have you seen this have hipster? Have you seen this hipster? Dude? Last seen riding a hemp bicycle. Um, yeah. So I feel what we were saying about. Uh, about well, well, oh, well, you you know, can, being contrary to yeah, nine to five, you yeah. can just go outside and get fresh air. Like walk the dogs, go for a run. I can go spar, yeah. Come back and then work. I can work till two, three in the morning and then get it. Like a lot of the times, I get home from cutting hair, and when you talk to people all day, you get home. The hardest thing to do is have a communication with your significant other sometimes because mm-hmm. you've been communicating all day, and your brain's like, "Oh, you're off. You don't need to do yeah. that anymore." So you have That's to right. kind of, you have to, you have to sacrifice a little bit and go, "Hey, like, how was your day?" Mm-hmm. You have to really be selfless and uh, understanding that like your relationship with your significant other is definitely more important than that of your clients and, and you have to be able to balance all that. Right. But say it's a it's a night where like, man, I'd rather just take her out of the house and not do the conversation around the dinner table. We can go out and have a drink and relax and then restart that process of mm-hmm. like catching up for the day. You can do that or 
if um, you just you get home. Sorry, I'm catching up my words. It's been a long day. Um, Oftentimes I get home from like doing hair and then I have a wedding to edit. So I'll normally take like a two or three hour break. And then, even though I have to get them cut hair the next day, I make my schedule so I can stay up till one, two, three in the morning and finish that wedding. Right. And then, you know, I'll get up early and train and go to the gym and then I'll head straight to work and I'm fine because yeah. you're kind of setting your breaks to the point where you're able to go longer and right. get like a second wind. That's right. So, whereas opposed in a cubicle, if they said, hey, you know, you just worked a 12 hour day, but we need you to stay here now again and do another six hours of work before you can leave because, you know, we're on a deadline. Right. It's, it's a lot different when you have a, a boss that doesn't really care about your health. The the sacrifice that you make, <clears throat> the the stability, right? The, the perceived stability that you sacrifice by being your own boss, it can be overwhelming. Um, you know, like I mean, I, I don't I'm, I don't have a huge company. I, you know, small small business and, and health insurance sucks. Oh, it does. You know. Uh, getting employees. I mean, having, um, being your own boss and having your own business. I mean, that comes with, you know, a, a lot of headaches and overhead but, and but sacrifices. The, but, uh, but I, but I don't, I don't consider that better than someone that chooses to do the whole nine to five thing. It's just better for me. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, I tried that cubicle lifestyle. It's it, it for me, it, it was, it was soul crushing. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not happening. But then again, you know, doing, doing what I do now with the, with the karate school and everything, it's, it's satisfying. Yeah. And you're a creative person too. So just because some people think martial arts is a brute thing. No, no it's all art. There's a, there's no. an art to all of it. And if you're someone who's creative and you're stuck in that facet of a job where you're not getting to utilize creativity and they don't right. listen to your opinions. In my advice, I'd say stick with it as long as you can save some money. And then go travel, come back and find what fits your creativity and try and build on that to where you can make it sustainable. Yeah. Because I think that's what we've all done um, in this conversation is we've done that. We've, we've had to go through those tough times where it's like, hey, like when am going to be able to pay rent? Like it's hard. And then oh, you eventually yeah. you kind of you have to be able to to provide for your creativity but also keep it sustainable. And so finding the balance mm-hmm. when you should leave the soul crushing job and go full into your other career that you love is when you got to kind of find that jumping point and when it's going to be scary for a second. And then eventually if you have a good support system of friends and a supportive community that you've been a part of, they're going to help you. They're not going to let you fail. You guys going to have kids eventually. Yeah. We were probably yeah. want to have two kids and probably adopt one or two. I'm really, I'm really, what? I'm big in adopting. Like I, I, um, I saw this, this uh, documentary with uh, well, hold, 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 let me let me stop you out there. Have your first kid first. Okay, right. <laughs> I have like I have fourteen nieces and nephews. So I've, my wife and I yeah. got married. We 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 said, you know what? We're gonna have five kids. We're gonna have a big family. Nah, man, two's good. Two's we got good. a boy and a girl. That's it. We're yeah. good. We're f- better than good. We, that, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, have the first kid. We have a lot of plans. Yeah. We definitely want to have kids, at least. It changes everything. Yeah, we want to have kids, but we also want to be able to, like, uh, foster animals and get them back to health and find good homes for them. That's whenever we are able to buy a house in the next year or two. Yeah. That's our goal, is to to, to help as much as we can with certain things that we have the power to help with. Maybe even foster kids, because we've seen so much good with that. Um, So there's a lot of kids that need good homes here in America that just, they have a rough deal. And it's just like, you're their only hope. Like it's, we, my wife's family, they fostered uh, two kids Mm. for about a year and the system just sort of broke them down. They wanted to help as much as they could. But when you have parents that have neglected their kids and they're either the drug addicts or whatever, they're not condemning their lifestyle because sometimes people can't help that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just chemical makeup. And it's part of your nature. You can't change it. It's, yeah. it's, you know, just like sexuality or something like that. Like you have something built in your chemistry to where like, you know what it is. Medicine can't fix it. Mm. So, you know, one of the, one of the kids, the mom's a drug addict and she did a lot of inappropriate things with the older brother mm. and she went to jail and we were watching, well, my in-laws are watching the kid and this, I, I can't say the kid's name cause it's not allowed, but, um, really cute kid. And he had just been abused. Like he was, didn't, I didn't hear him say a, a word. For they had him for I think three or four months, and they were fostering him and, and you know providing for him, and he he didn't talk, 
and the other kid they had the first day that the social worker brought him to the house, he was eating cat food. Oh my God. Because his dad had abused his mom so much. The mom would lock him in the cupboard and that's all he'd be in there for hours, sometimes days just eating the cat food. And he was like two years old. So it's, it's rough. The system is definitely trying to help these kids, but in our hearts and minds, we were like, had we had the ability to adopt these kids, if they were even allowed to be adopted, because although that's bad, the parents ultimately got custody of those kids again. Mm. And it's like, it's, it's hard. Probably needs to be stricter laws and stuff, but. Is your wife a, is your wife stylist too? My wife? Yeah. Uh, she actually runs our wedding business. She's got a marketing degree from SEU. Nice. Um, so good business school um, from Florida. And she, you know, she was going to try to do the nine to five thing. And she kept getting burned by like companies like mm. that. They, they would use her for her skill set. And then they would go, cool, we have all this figured out now. Cool. And then we're going to just get somebody to maintain it. that has no degree mm. that we can pay half the money to. And so she got a little discouraged. And then I was like, why don't you just go full time photography? You're, you're good. At, you're as good as me at it now. You know, I've, I've trained you and you've learned so much. And the, she, she picked it up in like the first year of a relationship. She was already shooting stuff with me. Mm. She we weren't charging for her to shoot with me, but she was just like, I want to shoot and just have fun. Mm. And then it turned out she loves it. She yeah. loves shooting weddings. I don't think I've ever met your wife. Oh. We'll, we'll do dinner. I'll right. bring, we'll do, do dinner and we'll yeah. bring her little Boston so she can meet your Frenchie. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> uh, but she's like the sweetest, most driven lady I've ever met. And she come, the thing is she comes from kind of a rough background, like with her mom too. And her mom's up in Tennessee and mm. mom's getting over drug addiction and other stuff. But, um, she's just, just my, my wife is so strong in that. Like she's been through so much with her family and she's still a positive and happy and like a loving person. And that's why we met so well. And then working together is easy because we're on the same page, but she does yeah. the photography full time now. Like, and it's busy. Like she's at home talking to brides. She's doing timelines. She's answering emails, editing. And then when I'm not doing hair, I'm editing and shooting with her. And so we have a good balance, but it's definitely a full time job. Right on, man. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, thanks for coming, dude. dude thanks for having me. Uh, I know I rambled a little bit. No, but... dude, hey, this is, <laughs> this is my first podcast. You take my, about whatever, whatever we want. You've taken my you podcast know? virginity, Jay. <laughs> It's, it's out of there now. Yeah. Hey, so uh, I'm going to put it in show notes where people can find you. I'll send, uh, I send everybody that I know over to you. Awesome, cool. Because you just, man, you, just, you cut hair so good, dude, and you're such a great guy. Oh, dude, you're too, man. I, it, was, it was a privilege. I've, I've never done it like this, and it was, it was fun. It was easy just yeah, to talk. And yeah. I'll, felt, to, and I'll have to find, find my way over after summer's done, uh, come over to Fabio's and roll with you guys. Do it, man. Yeah. He's been, I've been talking to him and telling him, you're going to come with me one of these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah he would love that. He, yeah. He'd love that. He's, all he's, about, all, he's always a nice guy. Dude, I mean, he's about the community. Yeah. Like, as long as people are doing what they love to do, yeah. he's not a goalie. He just helps. He supports everybody. Right on. So. All right, dude. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Jay Che Show. Brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline. Focus, confidence, karatebeyond.com. Martial arts classes for men, women, and children. After school pickup, evening classes, and summer camp. Visit karatebeyond.com.